You know what? You are the only person you are guaranteed to spend the rest of your life with. So, we want you to feel at home with yourself. To have an understanding of what being human truly means. And to be a witness to the things that are happening within you. We're here for the good. The bad. And the downright ugly. <laughs> so, come on this journey. And be messy with us. You are listening to The Real Meaning of Humanity with Alexis. That's my name. And you're Krista. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> That's the words. Build me a baby just to have me. Wait, 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 wait. Build me up. <laughs> How about you start with build me up, baby, Buttercup. just to let me down, baby, let me down. just to let me down, let me down. You're missing that part. Build me up, baby, buttercup, baby, just don't let me oh, down, let me down. There you go. Beautiful. To mess me around. I need you. I need you. Mm-hmm. Apps of freaking tootly. Okay, do you know what we're talking about today? Okay, last time we talked, we talked about like defense mechanisms. So Oh, did you do your research? Mm, if you mean, did I do my research by looking up defense mechanisms on the way here from my phone? Because I know that mm. I've seen it before on mm-hmm. my phone. Mm-hmm. Then yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, have I read thoroughly through them? And then, no. Okay, so, so basically we're going to talk about defense mechanisms, which are what your body will do in order to protect yourself. So it's almost my understanding, right? I could be completely wrong. My understanding is more of like, this is more on an un not. Okay. Sorry. Subconscious level Mm -hmm. instead of a conscious level. Like it's just when your body feels threatened, this is what it's going to do. Like these are the defense mechanisms that it has. Now we can also talk about the healthy ways to cope with things instead of well in a way your defense your defense mechanisms are an escape from you dealing with the um potential problem or the actual issue confronting the actual issue that's right in front of you yeah so why are you laughing because i'm about to read okay so this is from counseling theory and practice the book that i had to read in my counseling um class. Typically, clients have spent years finding ways of avoiding consciousness around responsibility. In fact, Yalom, 1980, identified a number of mechanisms that clients use to avoid responsibility, similar to the psychoanalytic psychoanalytic concept of defense mechanisms. And then it goes to list a couple of the defense mechanisms. So okay, I'm, do you want to listen? I was going to say, I kind of yeah. want to list them, and yeah, then I want them, to... Yeah, then we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first one, and here, here's what they all include. I'll, tell, I'll say them all, and then we could talk about them. Mm-hmm. So the first one is compulsivity, displacement, playing the victim, <laughs> oh, sh- losing control, avoiding autonomy, mm-hmm. willing denial, and then physical disease. And it says you can probably come mm. up with a number of other ways one avoids taking responsibility and I feel like in that section like taking responsibility can mean a bunch of different things like it's not just like oh taking responsibility of certain aspects of my life but it's like taking responsibility for my actions things that I do more of like an internal responsibility instead of an external but some people will overdo that to the max as if like 
everything that goes wrong, they will always blame it on themselves when in actual reality, hey, you actually didn't do anything wrong. This person is using their own defense mechanisms against you and playing the victim. And you're taking ownership for their destructive behavior when it's actually their responsibility to take ownership in their destruction. Yeah, it's not not your responsibility. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, Okay, so this first one I really don't know much about, but compulsivity. So it just says that this is the quality of becoming so consumed with an activity, oh, that a person avoids examining his or her life. Like this activity overwhelms the person. These days we see compulsive behaviors all around us, such as compulsive eating, working unreasonable long hours, and so on. The underlying question that therapists want to ask their clients and clients need to eventually ask themselves is what is being avoided by these behaviors and how is this avoidance keeping you from freedom? Oh, that's that's good. good. (laughs) We did not plan that. No, we didn't. I feel like I can relate to this because I feel like, okay, how many times have you and I been, like, so overwhelmed internally, like, and emotionally and, and, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. inside of our own world, Mm -hmm. and we're like, we just need to fixate on something Mm -hmm. so that we don't have to deal with that. And that makes sense because we're trying to fixate on something else so we avoid that responsibility. Or avoid feeling the loss of something or the Uh pain of it or the conflict of it and but that's the thing like I can you know resonate with that as well like you and I think America just as a whole or this is just a worldly thing when whatever's going on in your life whether a a death a loss a ending of a season like whatever it may be a breakup a friendship anything yeah but like you constantly just dive yourself head first into your job mm-hmm. or into a hobby or into working out or into social media. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, because we talked about that last week. Yeah, we'll just talk about last week. <laughs> um, but like it, just to keep yourself busy or distracted. I mean, I, I sometimes have done this like, you know, use my creativity and, you know, our podcast or, you know, other things I do. And I've kind of overcompensated and like, just so I wouldn't think about the issue in my world, Mm -hmm. you know, but I'm like, this is so good. This could be good medicine, but am I, um, you know, overcompensating in a way where like I am numbing myself out and dismissing myself and, you know, not letting me feel or, you know, process everything that's going on. Because it honestly is good to process whatever is going on in your life and to acknowledge it. Yeah. To acknowledge the reality. Yeah. I'm so glad that you said that because actually I feel like it was, it was pretty recent where I was driving, you know, I always love my thoughts when I'm driving sometimes. Like, yeah. there's times where, okay, side note, there's times where I'll drive all the way to work, 20, 25 minutes, and I won't have anything playing because I'm, like, just in conversation with myself. Like, so lost in thought? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, right. just, like, I don't know, contemplating, talking about everything, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, anyways, I'm so glad you said that because um, I was thinking on the way to work one day, I was like, you know what, like... There are so many times where, you know, something comes up or a feeling comes up or whatever, and I really don't want to deal with it. 
Like I just don't, I feel like I don't have the capacity. I feel like I don't have the energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll try to fixate on something else, right? Mm-hmm. Fixate on work, fixate on, you know, the podcast stuff, fixate on a show, fixate on mm-hmm. social media, literally anything. Or cleaning or, or cooking. cooking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll fixate on those things so that I don't have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But what I've noticed about myself in particular, since I've realized that I do that too, is I feel so much better when I start to feel that way, whenever I feel like something's overwhelming and I just don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Like sitting down and making myself process it and making myself like mm-hmm. deal with it head on because I feel like if I don't, I'm basically just um, prolonging what's inevitability. Oh, I can't say that word. Inevitability? <laughs> Inevitably, there inevitably, we go. inevitably yeah. going to happen. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I feel like I, I'm not doing future Krista a You're doing, service. Yeah, like I'm not doing any. I'm doing her a disservice exactly. by just prolonging. Like I'm helping right now, Krista, but future Krista's gonna be like, damn, now I got to deal with this. You know? Yeah, exactly. And like I do want to say that like it's okay to go to those things sometime. Like I think it's. Whenever I, you know, had my counselor, she was like, what's good medicine like for you? Because I was, I was, I am a four on the Enneagram and sometimes we have a tendency (laughs) to, um, to like really sit in a, like in our pain or sit in the, you know, reality of the situation for too, too long to where it, it, it feels like despair and that it feels like a forever moment instead of actually just a moment. But um, so she was like, what's good medicine? So that's when I started challenging my creativity and um, doing things that give me good medicine, like writing, painting, going dancing again to dance classes, and then, you know, like good food, and then, you know, this podcast and all that stuff. But also, like there are healthy ways, because if you do deal with your st- stuff for so long, and let's say you're in a very long season that's been very hard, I get it, like, if you've numbed out for a couple weeks, because you felt things for so long I think numbing out can be okay but just like it's not good to sit in your pain and act like this is forever it's also not good to sit in the compulsivity or the numbness you know yeah you know what's so funny is I'm over here laughing only because like as Alexis is speaking I'm like oh my god we are so different (laughs) and here's why oh you'll freaking numb out completely no that's what I'm saying okay if you think Okay, here's Alexis, okay? Um, 90% of the time Alexis is awake, uh, she feels everything, okay? (laughs) And that 10% that she's talking about is the 10% that she forces herself to numb so that she doesn't feel everything. Yeah. Okay? Um, I'm the opposite. 90% of the time (laughs) I numb everything out, and then 10% is me forcing myself to feel it. (laughs) Yes! Oh, my God. (laughs) And so... For us, those defense are like that right there. Compulsivity for you doesn't isn't really a thing. That's something you have to force yourself to do in order to not go like for your engine not to just run out. You know what I mean? Whereas for me, I'm like, okay, Krista, put the shit away. You're gonna have to deal with this. Stop abandoning yourself and acknowledge me. Acknowledge my feelings because I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) You know, but that's just kind of been like, like. 
you know, a, a theme in my life. And so I'm, I totally realize that. And it's just funny because I'm just now piecing together like, oh, yeah, Alexis does feel things 90% of the time. <laughs> yeah, like all the time. <laughs> um, I really like how you said that's a that's been a theme in my life. Mm, and mm-hmm. I want to keep that, you know, at the center of this because you'll notice in each um, tendency as we bring up, oh, this has actually been a theme in my life. Oh, this, I don't, I don't agree with this. Like, I don't see this being a theme, but this one is. So just as you're listening to this episode, keep that in mind. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is like, I'll kid you not, like reading this stuff is what helped me become self-aware. Like, oh my God, yes, I do that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, what's the next one? Okay, the next one, I feel like everybody um, does. And this one's called displacement. Okay. Okay. This is the process of placing one's problems or issues onto others or other things so that one does not have to take responsibility for examining them. Displacement happens in numerous ways, such as projecting one's issues onto others, Mm. having a psychosomatic illness in an effort to avoid one's issues, Mm. blaming others for one's problems or blaming events for one's problems. So So basically using somebody as your punching bag. Yeah, basically. And I'm like, oh, okay, done that once or twice in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Once or twice or ten hundred. Alexis is like, am I turning into a punching bag over here? Or... (laughs) No, it's just funny because, like, I mean... Don't get me wrong. I've done this, too, plenty of times. Yeah. I mean, probably in all my relationships, but, (laughs) you know, so, but we've even had that issue in our friendship as well. Like, Mm -hmm. I just, like, oh, I just had a bad day. So we're, like, we're literally just taking it out on each other for (laughs) no freaking reason, not because you did something personally to me, but, like, I'm just so pissed, and you're the person I love most and feel the most safest with, but instead of me just getting vulnerable and telling you what actually is the problem, problem like I'm just gonna take it out on you because I know you'll just stay and love me forever right exactly and so that's the thing that I've like in my mind I picture like okay say you have a job and your boss is a complete asshole you know whatever you hate him don't like her him whoever it is and um (laughs) and you know your boss says something sly to you and you just want to freaking kick them you know and obviously you can't like you can't but you have this like want to do that because you're so pissed off well when you get home or when you go to your friend's house or whomever it may be this is somebody that feels safe that's comfortable well that rage is still there Mm -hmm. but you also know that if you know something happens and you know this person loves you and is gonna forgive you and is gonna you know be there for you and so it almost feels like okay well this feels like a safe punching bag where the other one feels like there's spikes on it so like you know, I'm going to get fired if I do that. Whereas yeah. this, but, but then you look at it and you're like, well, you're damaging, like you're, you're hurting the person you love. You're, you're hurting the person you love over somebody that's pissing you off. You know, it's not even anything that they did. And in my head, I'm like, that is so, I mean, probably in everybody's head, but that's so completely unfair. Well, yeah. And you know, what's interesting is that your boss, probably what, how he's treating you has nothing to do with what you're actually doing he's just hurting so now he's just taking it out on you Mm -hmm. and you're their punching bag so instead of taking it out on them you take it out on the person that you love and it's just like an unending cycle yeah or a pattern and it's just kind of like what what do i what am i doing because the my boss is acting like this and i'm not 
I really didn't do anything. It's just he's pissed off in his world yeah. or he's unhappy in his world. And I'm putting that on me and myself and making it a burden. And then I'm taking it home with me and then also bringing it in my relationships and my partnerships and all this stuff. Exactly. So it's like an unending cycle when you really look at it from a bird's eye view. You're doing the same thing. Right. That the person's doing to you. Exactly. Exactly. There's another thing that was in there that said – um. Okay, it said blaming something or someone else for the issues. Um, I'm sure I've done this. I can't, like, imagine. I, I can't put, um, I can't think of a, an example right now from my life, mainly because I feel like I've always been the type of person that will always take the rap no matter what, just because I hate fighting. I hate drama I hate all that shit and so I'm just like you know what yeah sorry or you know like whatever you know so I feel like I've resonated as that kind of person but there have been several um, people that I've known throughout life who I've noticed uh, you know will never take responsibility for something or it's always somebody else's fault or always you know it wasn't me it was this or you know just very deflective like doesn't want to take action and say oh yes okay I was wrong so a sense of entitlement and pride. Kind prideful. of. Yeah, that that's kind of what I'm thinking. And you're like, no, yes, you are. Just it's okay to be wrong, you know. But I feel like a lot of times people don't have that mindset of it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to make mistakes. And you're like, okay, but the reality is, is that everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like that was me, though, in high school <clears throat> and um, early 20s. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> never never um no because I remember like if anybody if I was in conflict with anybody I just felt like I had the perspective of oh no it's them not me mm -hmm. <laughs> and I always thought like well they're the one who's in the wrong like they shouldn't be acting like that do you remember this yes it, okay. it was a struggle in our friendship <laughs> For a long time and like I would just always put the blame on you I'd always put the blame on Jen I would always put the blame on literally everybody else except for me and <laughs> because I was so damn prideful when I was younger and I thought that I could do no wrong and I thought that I was always right yeah like I had this <laughs> you know what now that you're reminding me I'm like oh yeah that was old Alexis <laughs> I'm remembering <laughs> yes but now and I think it was just more of a sense of like I think for me, ooh, I'm just not realizing this. Um, if I were to, f like, actually own up to, you know, my wrong in a confrontation or in, in an argument with you or Jen or any relationship that I had back then, it would be like, oh, wow, that's, like, solidifying and, you know, proof that I'm not good enough mm -hmm. or that that's proof that, that I am unlovable and that I, I don't really deserve friendships or, like, a good foundational relationship. And I think I get that from, you know, what I grew up in right. in my childhood. And so <clears throat> I think I'm just not realizing that. I mean, I need to process that yeah, some more. Like, hold on. Wait, what? <laughs> like, to put language – if I were to put language to it now, I think that would be it. It's like – if I were to finally realize, I think my pride was protecting me. Oh, I thought my pride was protecting yeah. me. Yeah, you thought that, okay, well, I'm not going to do any wrong because I am lovable. I am mm -hmm. all these things. And if I were to accept that I was wrong, then all of 
those thoughts completely shattered. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was, I mean, it is a defense mechanism. Like it's what your unconscious mind, oh my God, not unconscious, subconscious mind Mm -hmm. was doing to try to protect you. Exactly. And, and that's the thing, like, like you can still be wrong or you can still not have the, like you don't have to be right all the time to still feel loved. Yeah. Like I think I've learned that you know, especially in my relationship with God, like I felt like I had to be the perfect Christian, the Christian who was right all the time Mm -hmm. that said the, like the best, truest statements for God to love me or for the world to see me as Alexis of the perfect Christian that has the best relationship with God. Absolutely not. Like, (laughs) no, no. Um, (laughs) But like, that's the thing. I felt like I needed to be that to feel loved and to earn my, you know, love from God, which I didn't need to do that. And I've learned that and God has healed that part of me. And, but I'm still on that road of like, Oh God, I don't need to do this to earn your love or to earn that. Like I am unique or special or, you know, he just calls me as that. Exactly. Exactly. I was already that. (laughs) I didn't have to do anything to prove that. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Oof. These are good. I know. (laughs) I'm like, and Krista, you resonate with every single one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Well, I feel like as humans, everybody's going to. Exactly. In one way or another. Um, Okay, so the next one, uh, this one can be touchy. Um, It's playing the victim. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And so basically what it's saying, like, Okay, there's there's quotes and it says like my boss is a racist or my parents emotionally abused me or my lover left me. And it says yes, all of these events are horrible and can devastate a person. However, why is it that some people can move on from these events while others avoid taking responsibility for their lives, sometimes mm-hmm. for years after these events? Ultimately, if one is to live a life with purpose and meaning, one has to make good choices despite these unfortunate or even traumatic events. That's so good. That's so good. I feel like this is something that I like kind of live by as like a mantra almost. And and I've even, it was one of my quotes the other day. It was that like, you are not the things that have happened to you. Like, mm-hmm. It's all about how you respond to that. And of course, like, I feel like, of course, I've gone through things. And I will say, for me, I feel like it's a little easier for me to say that because I have not gone through enough or not, I'm sorry, not enough, um, a lot compared to other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it would be harder for me to say probably if I was in somebody else's shoes who has had a multitude of things that have happened to right. them. Right. Can I stop you right there, though? Yeah. Hold on to your thought. Okay. And I want to, like, acknowledge what you just said because a lot of people say this, and I hear this from people, like, and everybody, Mm -hmm. when they're going through something that actually is valid, like, no matter what. Yeah. Even if nobody else thinks it, like, it is valid to them, like, what they're going through in pain. Um, I think it's valid. But then they always say, well... You know, I, I know this is, it doesn't sound much when it sounds like they're almost defending what they're going through by saying, um, 
or what they've been through by saying like, I know I didn't have it as bad as them, but like, yeah, this is what happened. I just want to say you will always find somebody who either had it worse than you or who had it better than you. Right. But that doesn't mean that you can't still like acknowledge what happened to you or that doesn't mean that what you've been through or what you've gone through isn't still valid. It's still valid and it still means a lot and it still matters. So I just wanted to say that like when we say that we're kind of being dismissive to our story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do love that because I know that for me in my experience, like the things that I think of when I think of that, like these things are the things that are the worst thing that has happened to me in my life. So for me, that's my perspective of this mm-hmm. is the worst. Now, obviously that's not the worst thing that can happen to any, like any person in general, but yes, I do agree. Like I'm still I, I like acknowledging like, yes, this was still terrible. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but... Um, I feel like this is something that has changed the way that my mind perceives things or that my mind thinks. And it is the fact that literally anything can happen to me on earth. I am not in control of any of those things that happen. You're not in- invincible. Yeah, I'm not invincible. I can't tell you what's going to happen to me in the future. Like I can't. But what I can do is just be, not even be prepared, but just like be flexible, I guess, and realize that, you know what, whatever happens to me, like that doesn't define me. It's not going to break me, you know, because I have a strong foundation. And so when you have a strong, I mean, think, I don't know, I'm thinking about the three little pigs or whatever. Wait, what's the thing? The three little pigs where they all, no, yeah, and the big bad wolf comes and they oh, have, yeah. like, their houses built of different things. And so in my head, I'm like, okay, well, if I have a good foundation and I have some – it's built and it's strong, mm-hmm. then the worst storm can come and it's still going to hold up. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. Whereas if I don't have that foundation, the first storm's going to come and all my shit's going to be knocked down. You know what I mean? So I feel like having that mindset has completely changed, like, my outlook on everything that happens because – Bad things are going to happen to everybody mm-hmm. on different scales, but bad things are going to happen. So how strong is your foundation? Yeah. Well, and also like what helps that is like you have the self-awareness to know like when pain's, when pain comes up, now I know how to tend to it. Yeah. It's I know that when pain comes up. It's not going to overtake me anymore because I've grown and healed so much and because Mm -hmm. I've learned so much about myself that I know what to do, you know, in the midst of that. So instead of being scared of when pain comes up or wondering if it ever will, because it will, it's just part of the human experience. Like life is part of the human experience. Um, So when life comes up, the bad parts of it and the ugly parts of it, okay, I know myself well enough and my mental and emotional health is still there that even when I can get emotional or sad, I know how that this is not, it's not forever and it's not going to overtake me anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's more of like, and then, so that helps with that good foundation. And then also like having that, I need, I mean, for me, and I know this doesn't go for everybody but I know for me what kept my stronghold is like having that relationship with Jesus yeah and then also you know having that mental and emotional health you know I, I feel like that all intertwines and that is the reason why I am 
And that's the reason why we have this podcast is yeah. because all of that is intertwined and that's how we can, you know, it's mm-hmm. been given in to us and now we can give out. Yeah. It, I mean, that's beautiful. I feel like we've, we've found the best way to build our house with a great foundation. And so it's just, this is sharing how we've done it and hoping that at least one little tiny bit will help somebody else. Exactly. You reap what you sow. Yeah. Truth. Truth, honey. Okay. I'm like, we're only on the third one out of like. Oh, God. <laughs> It's okay. We got time. Okay. All right. So, okay. The next one is avoiding autonomy. Um, and it says some people know exactly what they need to do, but don't do it. Ouch. Been there. I know um, a lot of people who do that. Yeah. They feel too tired, too stuck, too unwilling to move forward. Oh, that's been me. In their lives. <laughs> Try to motivate these individuals and they always have some reason for not moving ahead. This static existence is a way of avoiding making choices. Oh, shit. Ouch. (laughs) I felt every knife hit my body as these words were coming out of my Mm. mouth. I I can see myself in that through a couple of phases in my life, to be honest. Mm -hmm. You know, even like recent phases. (laughs) Like now phases? Like, I don't know. But, like, that is, that that's so real because some people feel that way. They're, like, they would rather be stuck because they're comfortable and they know what's going to happen next if they stay, if they remain in this place. Mm-hmm. But if they were to move forward and make a choice, there's no control in it. Yeah. They have no more control. And that's a very scary thing to step into because... I know that I've been there. Yeah. You know, when I was, when I felt like I had to make a decision, like there was moments where like I chose to remain where I was at just so that I wouldn't move forward because I didn't know what was going to happen next. And I knew that my hands wouldn't be on it. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I feel like my experience was a little different. Like the one that first popped into my head was that time which time? Um, the most recent time that I actually talked about um, in my story at the beginning of this podcast was whenever I, I mean, I'm literally picturing myself in my bed and it's completely dark in there and I haven't gone up in like four or five days. And this was like in the depth of like my depression. It was almost like um, I had been, you know, still chugging along and, you know, and my, my gas tank was empty, you know, but I was still chugging along and then eventually like my car just shut down. Um, and so in those moments, I feel like when my car was shut down, like that's when I was laying in bed and that's why when, you know, I didn't want to do anything and I just felt just like complete shit to be honest. And I remember like thinking to myself, like you're at the lowest you've ever been. Oh, oh. like Wait, when your car shut down? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, did you say car? Okay, yes, I'm saying car, but I'm meaning, like, my body. Like, I was still running. Like, I kept – think about it this way. Like, in my depression, like, I was depressed still, but, like, I was still driving my car. Like, my body was still up. I was still doing things. I was still putting on a face. And then, like, you know, 
pretending like takes a lot of oil, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> takes all the gas. Okay. Um, and so that eventually, you know, that gas ran out and I had nothing else to fill it up, you know? <laughs> and so um, I was empty and then like I couldn't move anymore because, you know, your car won't move without the oil that you put into it, the gas that you put into it. You right, know what right, I'm saying? Right, okay. right, right, right. Anyways, so I was there. That's where I'm at. Okay. Okay. And so I'm sitting there and there were probably like two or three days where I knew that I needed to do something. Like I knew that something needed to change. I knew that I had to deal with something inside internally, mm. but I didn't want to. Ooh. I was too tired. Well, was there a little fear? Yeah, I was mm-hmm. too fearful. Mm-hmm. I was like, and this sounds sad, but like I've known this for so long. Mm-hmm. I've known this feeling of depression for so long. So like to me, it was like, <sighs> it feels like home. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if you, and and I will say this, it, it was on varying levels, but like, I mean, that was a solid like eight, nine, ten years of my life that I had felt that like on and off. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I struggled for, with it for a really long time. I mean, that makes sense, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like in in my head, like when I think about avoiding autonomy me sitting there like knowing that like Krista what's happening is not like a thing that you want to stay in like this is not where you want to be and knowing that it could be different I was like okay this is like it gave me that little spark of hope but then also I was like but then I'm gonna have to deal with a bunch of shit that I don't want to deal with you know like and I'm saying this now looking back because I didn't want to I was like, no, you're fine, Krista. It's okay. Like, just we do always want. want the finishing healing, uh-huh. but not the process of healing. Yeah, we don't want to do the work. We don't want to do the work. And so for me, that was it. I was avoiding it. I was like, I'm, I'm too stuck. I'm too, you know, fearful. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really that constant like battle of like but Krista you're worth it like you don't want to be here for the rest of your life like you're you're barely you're not even halfway through your lifetime you know what I mean like you still have so much that can happen that like it's not done here mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and so that was I don't mean to go like super dark right there no, that's so good I think people need to hear that but I also do want to say that like I want to give like a little encouragement like you're listening to two people who the theme of their lives was, you know, to to remain mm-hmm. in their, you know, issues or in their slump. Yeah. Right? So when we finally made the decision to let go of what was or what is and to step into something completely unknowing and have the I don't know mantra, like I don't know what's going to happen next. Like as soon as we let go of everything and stepped into the unknown, so much beauty and joy came with it. But also there was a process of like, wow, like I feel sore like because you're really like working out your body in the process of that healing and letting go of so many things. So it it really is very rewarding. But in the, you know, sewing of it all, it is hard. Yeah. And also, I do want to say control is just an illusion. Like, you're literally fooling yourself. Like, control is a defense mechanism. And it it's it's. (laughs) 
it's wrong. Like it's 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 just foolish. Like I'm trying to say that in a loving way. Like you're kidding yourself when you think that you're c- gonna control. Mm-hmm. You know what's so funny is as you were talking about like you know the process of healing and all that stuff. Okay, so if you don't live in Texas or if you don't live in DFW area, mm-hmm. um, just last night. We had, like, our tornado sirens going off. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you brought this up. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Okay. We had our tornado sirens going off. And there was, you know, uh, my phone was going off, you know, tornado warning. And I looked outside, and it was, like, super dark and scary looking. And, you know, then the winds started, like, blowing the trees in, like, just a not normal way. And it got really, like, you could hear the the um, wind howling. And um, you then it started raining. And you could see that the rain is coming down in, like, a diagonal because the yeah. wind is, like, blowing it. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the craziest shit that I've ever seen, you know, in so long. Because, you know, I mean, I feel like recently we've had crazy weather things. But anyways. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just like this huge storm and it was crazy. And, you know, I was in my bathroom and I was with my dogs. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, because it was like, watch out for flying debris. And I'm like, ah, yeah. this is scary. This is crazy. Tornadoes touched the ground. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I'm thinking, my rental car is going to get messed up, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, anyways, um, and then after that, it, I looked outside and it was like bright. Like it was little, it was literally bright. And I kid you not, I went and I looked out my window and it was like calm, Mm -hmm. like nothing was moving. Mm -hmm. And there was just this bright yellow sun shining in the sky. And I was like, man, I've felt this feeling before. I have felt this feeling of complete chaos Mm -hmm. one moment. Overwhelming. And then peacefulness the next. Yeah. Like just zen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's healing. That's, that's yes. been my process of healing. But then after that Zen, then there's another storm. You know what I mean? So, and they, and they last for different amounts of time, but eventually that Zen and, and happiness state is one that occurs more often than those storms. Yeah. And even when those storms happen, like I've, I have a better shelter I guess yes oh my gosh so this is actually just confirmation to what I'm about to say (laughs) since you brought up the storm because I wasn't sure on my drive home from work today I was like oh should I say this or was this more for me God you know a quiet like conversation between me and God and um I was like you'll let me know in the moment (laughs) but so thank you Krista for being a vessel (laughs) okay so after I got off of work Uh like I left work and I wasn't even supposed to to leave at this time like my boss let me off early because like she was like go home like you, we don't know if the storm's gonna get worse or not da, da, da. but as soon as I like get in my car the rain stops and everything and um no joke as soon as I got in my car started driving there was the biggest rainbow I had ever seen and we see I mean we do get rainbows here but like this one was like a full rainbow and it was so big so beautiful and even on my drive but so like half of the half of the sky was like all bright because the sun and the you know was coming in and then half of the sky was complete pitch black so there was literally like like broken in half light in darkness and guess which side the rainbow is on darkness 
Yes. Yes, I love that. Even there, and like God, like oh my God, spoke to me so clearly in that moment on my drive home. He was like, even in the midst of your darkness, Alexis, even in the midst of you know the season that you've been in, there was always a promise over you. Mm. And this rainbow was over my car the whole time I was driving home. You're like that's all the promises. And so <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I'm like this is so good that this has to be for somebody else. Like. But even in the midst of your season, in the darkest season of your life, there is a promise, there is a calling that is over you. And I know that this is hard. I know you don't want to let go. I know this seems like so chaotic and so overwhelming and so out of control. And you're asking God, oh, why God? Why God? Like, why not now? You know, why in this waiting? Like, what are you doing? Why have you forsaken me? There is still this promise over your life that, you know, like God's going to fulfill. Like the fruits that you're sowing into this season will come to fruition. That desire that God placed in your heart, that dream that's still in your imagination and your being, it's still going to come into fruition. You just have to stay steadfast. You have to keep choosing to move forward and choose to let go and keep taking one step forward because even in that darkness, there is a rainbow over you and nobody not even the devil has the authority to call it off yeah I know he's bringing in people because some people are the devil's entertainment but not even them has the authority Mm -hmm. to you know take the calling off of your life so please 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 use this as an encouragement to be like God whatever that dream was whatever God spoke to me that desire that I still think about in the most quietest of moments throughout the day like that's God telling me in like little subtle moments of my life that like okay God still wants to call this into fruition and you have to keep moving forward to allow God to do that yeah that's really good oof I love that you shared that. I'm out of breath. (laughs) I'm tired now. I do want to say, like, and I think think Alexis said it earlier, but when we're talking about the darkness, that dark time, those crazy emotional waves that you um, probably experience from one time or another, um, they are temporary. The bad things that happen to you, the feelings that you have, your depression, your anxiety, that is temporary. However, your temporary might be different than what is actually temporary for that thing to last. And here's what I mean is I remember thinking like, okay, like this is temporary. And then the next day or two, I'm like, well, I thought this was temporary. (laughs) Yes. Because in my head, temporary is like, short right a day or two but (laughs) um you know temporary might be a year it might be a month it might be two years it Mm -hmm. might be three months on two months off Mm -hmm. one month on it 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 varies but just the idea of knowing that this feeling will not last forever and that's Mm -hmm. what it means by it being temporary is the fact Mm -hmm. that it's not going to last forever it might last for a while I don't know everybody's different Mm -hmm. but it's not gonna last forever Mm -hmm. and so that helps me too. Hopefully, it helps somebody else. Yeah. Um, Ooh, we got off track for a second, yeah, but sorry. I'm glad we did. And now we're back. Okay, resume. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? The one. <laughs> sorry. Okay. The next one is called losing control. 
LMAO. Okay, it says, ever know someone who just lost it for a while? (laughs) Whether they lost their minds and literally went crazy for a while, became enraged and lost their temper, or simply lost their way in life. These are mechanisms some will use to avoid taking responsibility for their current state of affairs. That's my whole family. (laughs) This is everybody that I know. (laughs) This is everybody I grew up with. This is the chaos that I grew up with. Oh my goodness. I'm like, I mean, you, I feel like you see this a lot in movies too. Like when something happens to someone, you see them lose control. Well, it's like over a small thing. Like it's like the straw that broke the camel's back. It's like that statement. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, (laughs) not that it's hilarious, but I'm like, oh my God, I feel like a lot of people like kind of like resort to here. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, I don't know, like your brain has it like all together. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, everybody. And when I say everybody, I mean all your like little uh, neurons up there are all like scattering. And they're like, oh, no, like yeah. freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it like triggers something in you of like, oh, I knew it. I knew this. was like- <laughs> Yeah. Like, I mean, it really is just like, yeah, like flipping your lid, like going crazy and I don't mean crazy I mean crazy as in like you're like it's almost like a sense of you're like you blinded can't, yeah but like it almost feels like you can't control it either but I get that like anger that goes along with anger like anger is a um, protector emotion as yeah. well it can instead of feeling you know pain and sadness yeah. right away in that moment or crying right away mm-hmm. And feeling the loss of something, you actually just get angry. Yeah. And, you know, I actually, I do this. But now I don't want anybody who's listening to this telling me the next time I get angry. Alexis, this is your angry emotion. Your protector. (laughs) Stop it. Okay. But um, I do want to say, like, that is so real. Like, I'll do that. If somebody hurts me, like, I'll use my anger as... (laughs) like something hurtful to say back or, you know, or like say some of my, I don't know, like I'll just definitely use my anger, my anger before I feel the pain of something. Right. I think in my experience for like losing control, it has been more so like something has been bothering me for so long. And I, so I'm the type of person like, yes, I'll be confrontational, but I won't start the confrontation. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if someone confronts me, I'll confront you right back. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to start it typically. Um, but um, I feel like for me, it has been because something has bothered me for so long and I just kept putting it on the back burner, on the back burner, on the back burner, on the back burner. Well, eventually that back burner has no more room. <laughs> yeah. And so I kick them all out. You know what I mean? So I literally will like – I don't know. <laughs> There's been times where I've been like so enraged with something that I'm just like punching a punching bag, like bag, like physically, like I have to physically do something because like there's so much rage inside of me. Um, and so I can, I can relate to that in that sense. But when you were talking, I <laughs> was thinking about earlier. So this one's called losing control. And earlier Alexa said that like control is a, um, illusion, an illusion. And I feel like what this one is trying to say is, is the, the control of having control over, um, 
things that are outside of you, that is an illusion. Mm-hmm. You can't control anything that's outside of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you can cr- control yourself. Everything that's inside of you, you can control for the most part. Um, and so in this sense, when it says losing control, it's well, talking about... Well, when we about, say control everything inside of you, that means like making a choice. You can either yeah. stay and, in, in, you know, remain in this theme that you've been doing your whole mm-hmm. life or you can choose to be like, okay, what's a healthier outcome yeah, or a healthier choice? And that's what it is, is that control inside of you is all... It's all about making choices. Mm-hmm. And this, when we're talking about losing control, we're talking about losing that internal control, that... Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like, I don't know, in my head I just think about, like, I'm not choosing anything. I'm just going with whatever comes first, you know? I don't know. That That's really, like, all those defense mechanisms, you know? Yes, exactly. Um, what's the next one? Okay, perfect. Um, well, this is the last one um, that I can see. Oh, no. Yeah, this is close to the last one. Okay, it's called Willing Denial. Willing Denial denial um that can go along with grief that's what i'm thinking um numerous ways exist to deny oneself the possible choices that exist in one's life to deny the reality of your situation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. one of the simplest is to i don't know that word deaden oneself to the world oh oh my god deaden (laughs) like to be dead oh okay of oneself to the world. For instance, if I numb myself to my existence, I'm not allowing myself to be open to the possibilities that exist. I'm willing myself into the denial of my experience. Or if I live in a fantasy world, I am not facing my choices. Instead, I'm willing myself into a world where reality and choices are askew. Yeah, I mean, that makes yeah. sense because... Um, if you numb yourself to all the bad and the ugly things, you're actually numbing yourself to all the good mm-hmm. and all the good that comes with the human experience. And like I do always say, like you have to feel in order to heal. Yeah. And you have to own the reality of your situation. You have to own the reality of what you did. Mm-hmm. And then don't like over, you know, over do ownership there's a balance too like we just talked about earlier but also like it's good to acknowledge okay this is what's actually happening happening this is what actually happened yeah it sucks Mm -hmm. you know exactly I think one of the beautiful things about looking at defense mechanisms is being able to recognize which ones you yourself do a lot you know because I feel like even out of that short list and there's I think Freud even came up with like nine different defense mechanisms that humans will do you know in order to protect themselves but there's there's a couple of those that I'm like yeah those are the ones that I do all the time like and Alexis probably connects with different ones that she's like oh yeah those are the ones I do all the time because we're different, we're going to have ones that we're like, yes, I see myself and I do these all the time. And then you see your, and then there's going to be ones that are, you're like, eh, no, not really. But that's part of the awareness is realizing, okay, what do I do when mm-hmm. these things happen? Mm-hmm. And I think that brings us to like, you know, closing this episode of like, now that you've gotten aware 
of all the different types of defense mechanisms that you potentially do or have done or is doing right now, like that's the first step. You mm-hmm. get aware of what you've done yeah. and what's been the theme yeah. of your life and what you've done. And then also, okay, what's next? Maybe writing those down. And then maybe on the other side of the page or right next to those defense mechanisms or those stories or examples that you have for yourself, you can be like, okay, how could I have um, reacted differently in this moment? Or what really triggered me or upset me to make me react and, you know, pull my defense mechanisms up as if they were going to protect me. They're not protecting you. That is a lie. Okay. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. And I'm calling it out right now. So what are things that you know, that you can do like, okay, in this one example right here that I just wrote down, do I need to acknowledge and, you know, acknowledge the reality of it? Cause I haven't done that yet. Yeah. Like what are, just write it down, like, you know, compartmentalize it all. And maybe that is, you know, writing in a journal or I don't know what you do, go on a drive or do something that feels safe to you to help you process that because we have to be in a safe place for us to allow ourselves to get to that moment and then do you have anything yeah well I want to add like because in order for us to be honest we have to feel safe Mm -hmm. you know because I will say that nothing comes up nothing comes of it if you aren't honest with yourself like I feel like I resonate with that a lot because there's been a lot of times in my life where Like, I could have been honest with myself, but I didn't want to get that deep, and so I was dishonest. You know, I was like, no, I'm not actually there, whenever I was. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also want to say, like, for me personally, which defense mechanisms I use a lot, and it was researching and gaining knowledge on why I do those, what are different ways to do those, because, like, I'm thinking... If I know nothing about defense mechanisms, I'm not going to know what I should have done, like what could have helped me. So um, for me, and especially just in my healing journey in general, it has been becoming knowledgeable on how humans work. Like how does my brain work? How do thoughts work? How do I store memories? How, Like literally learning how and why I do everything just as a human being, that has helped me in my journey a lot. That is literally becoming aware of how and why I do the things that I do because I'm human, you know? Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, and that makes sense. Don't put shame in the midst of you processing this mm-hmm. because that's not going to help. That's going to create more of a, a cycle. Um you know, accept where it's at as you write this all down or get aware and be like, okay, you know what? It makes sense because honestly, I didn't know any better or maybe I did and I was too scared or fearful of the outcome if I were to do something else, you know, like it's acknowledging that and being honest with yourself in that way. And like maybe even like one of the things you need to do is stop making yourself busy. You know what we said earlier in the episode and Stop constantly hanging out with your friends and, um, like, where you can not just be alone. Like, maybe you need to be alone with yourself to finally process it. So I know people, and I have done that too, where I, like, had to constantly hang out with somebody just so I wouldn't, you know, face my problems or face what's going on inside. Yeah, but it it can look more than just hanging out with someone. It could be, oh, there's a moment of silence, I pick up my phone. Oh, there's a moment of silence, I turn on the TV. Oh, there's a moment of silence, I'm going to do something in order to fill that silence instead of just being with yourself. So I challenge you to just try to be with yourself, even if that means that you can only do it for a minute. 
hey, that's a minute more than you usually do. You know, that what is I mean? true. Yeah, take it step by step. Step, and it it's okay to take small steps. Yeah, because you're eventually going to take those big yeah. steps. As I say, you have to take those small victories in order to get to the big victories. Amen. All right. So yes, I hope this helped. Um, this episode helped y'all and I hope it was encouraging. Um, let us know. You can reach us either on our Instagram at the real meaning of humanity or our website, www.therealmeaningofhumanitypodcast.com. Also, our feminine series starts next week. (laughs) Guys, I am so excited. We have such great content. We have amazing guests that are going to be on here. And we're just super, super excited to share our journey as owning our femininity, um, you know, especially as young adults, and then giving that to y'all, us as women. Women, this is about you. And men, you men, like, you want your woman to be a woman. You want that girl to know who she is and be confident and to be secure. So I think this would be very, you know, educational for men to listen into this. I agree. And then also like share it with your sisters, mothers, wives, friends, girlfriends, whatever. And then men, don't worry. Um, Later this year, we will come out with a masculine series, but we're going to let the ladies go first. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But don't worry, men. We are thinking about about you too this is the humanity podcast but um keep a lookout we will be um posting content and teasers in the next week in couple weeks for the feminine series and just you know keep an eye out keep an eye out and we're excited and we hope you listen and we hope it it will be helpful yes and we love you we do love you okay we believe in you yes. you can do it you can okay do it. don't be scared anymore you got it you got it babs you got okay. it babs Okay. All right, love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>